All right, so uh, we are on page 268 in uh, Rabbi Elias' version. And Rav Hirsch is continuing his, uh, his discussion about um, Jewish history and how things got to where they got to, where uh, essentially Reform Judaism came along and completely took over uh, the German, Germany, France, and, uh, and you know, a majority of Klai Yisrael, at least in those countries, became completely reformed. So he started off talking about the idea that the spirit of Yiddishkeit, the correct, proper spirit of Yiddishkeit, is not something which is, which is written down or could be written down. It's something which is passed on. Bin Messiah is passed on from Rebbe to Talmud. It's passed on in, in parents to their children. And as Klai Yisrael, you know, became fragmented, Khurban, so Klai Yisrael spreads out and uh, you know, it became a little bit more difficult. Things started to be written down. Even Teresh was written down, but Lamaisa you know the uh, the um, you know the agadas and stuff like that. That was um, that was uh, that was that was uh, you know written down and like medrash and agada and stories, and uh, you know and then different svarim came to be written. He says like the Kuzri and Ramban. He says they were more of a uh, of a you know of a, of, a, of a Jewish perspective. He says Marnevuchim was trying to reconcile Yiddishkeit with you know the Greek philosophy, which put a premium on. You know, perfecting the mind, and uh, okay, and again, in the way it was, like we said, in the way it was understood, and uh, that get you know people, you know, to uh, to not take the actual mitzvahs that seriously, the tamiyah mitzvahs, like they had no shaykhs, you know, mitzvahs were just prerequisites to what he considered to be the true goal. He spoke about Kabbalah came along. He says that could have saved Kaisal, but it came out kind of misunderstood, and it became all about magic tricks as opposed to you know developing the inner spirit of Torah. And then he ended off last week where he talked about uh, the idea of the Shulchan Aruch and people started learning Shulchan Aruch, Aruch Chaim. Right? And people think that this is what Yiddishkeit is. It's davening, it's Shabbos, Yom Tif, and Tefillin. Like that's what, you know, that's what davening is. Negelvaster, right? You start when you first start in Yeshiva, you start learning in Mishabura. So the first page, you have everyone has the Negelvaster by the bed and then it's about davening and brachas and that's what Yiddishkeit is. I was thinking, you know, there's a... Um, What's his name? Rabbi Kohn. Rabbi Simchabudim Kohn has this is English. Uh, so he, he started, I don't know if he ever continued it, a series called Days of, Law, of uh, Laws of Daily Living. I think he only had one volume. I don't know. He has Shabbos. Uh, laws of Daily Living. What's Daily Living? Shabbos. Yom Tev. This is a, I mean, call Arachayim because it's, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very overtly religious thing that we do. But the idea that the 10 hours you spend a your day in work is not part of the laws of daily living, as if like, you know, all right, you want to get a little hulkas ribbis on the side, right? No, the Torah, this is what I've heard, the meat and potatoes, the, the, the idea of the law of the Torah is in that in all your interactions, in your home, your family, in business, with your employees, with other people. What? What? You should go to work. Yeah, I hear. <laughs> go to work, and uh, then you got a little chayshim mishpat also. So, uh, so you know that 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 is that is as essential and that is as important to a day to the daily life of a yid as anything else. Like we tend to think that you know, I, I one time uh, I spoke to someone who was in charge of uh, one of the big chayshemish but dayanim in in Flappish. Chasid sheyid, Khan? Chaim Is it Khan? Khan? One of the big was it Khan? So he was talking about how they're trying to start like an initiative where you know they they it's like a kind of a subscription. Where people, you know, you have businesses. Every day you're writing up contracts and every in your interactions, employee manuals, right? And to do it, pichayshem mishpat, right? It's as essential, right? But Reisman, I think I said over, right? he has his, he has a safe on hilchas ribbis. He said the mishabruah in the hakdamah to hilchas shabbos says that if a person doesn't learn hilchas shabbos, then there's no way he's not going to go through a shabbos without being over on at least a derabanan, right? There's so many halachas that if you don't know them, 
right? Rabbi Reisman said, he, he didn't write this in the book, but someone told me, he, said, he heard that he said this. He said, if you don't know Hilchas Ribbis, there's no way that you're not going to go through a day in business without being over on, on a, on a, on a Ribbis Shiloh. You know? Yeah, neighbors are borrowing food from each other, right? Okay, you know, exchanging meals. I mean, by Yudish Shabbos, right? These are Gemaras. Uh, paying, uh, getting uh, cash, uh, getting credit, you're paying more for credit card, right? Stores that offer cash discounts. If you swipe with your credit card, you ever run Ribbis to right? And I spoke to a guy who's learning Ribbis in BMG. He said, Yeah, I'm tired. I asked him, I rise and I met him by a chasana last year. He said, Nothing changed. The CS didn't change. It's Ribbis. Paying more for credit card is Ribbis. If it's from a Jewish store, right? Unless he's just get, passing on his expense. So if the credit card processing costs, uh, charges them $2, then he could charge you exactly $2. But to charge more, just to, you know... Okay, listen, these are compli- the point is these are complicated. These are all part of daily living, right? Your interactions with your family and your children are no less laws of daily living. They are essential to what the Torah is. They're included... Again, they may not be a specific... But the idea of, 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 of the mitzvah of pru revu, revu is to raise your children, Right and you know yeah I, you know this like the idea of uh, of uh, of driving texting and driving All right, everyone does it unfortunately right it's 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 against the laws of daily living right of being safe and uh, like, you know um, uh, you know and protecting your life this is all part of what Hirsch understands as essential to what the Torah wants these are not just right which is why laws and, and specific you know mitzvahs assays taryags right are sometimes besides the point right it's that there's an entire right the first says we, I think we mentioned the Sisa Yashiv Ataiv the Ramban says right it's a general mitzvah against you know, uh, you, know uh, you know in business of treating people with nimishur sadin of being honest with people beyond a specific law right the Chazal say if a person you know mentally agrees to a deal he's not supposed to be chayzer again it's, 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 it's a high level if verbal agreements, then you have a mishapara, right? Did you make a, a Kenyan, right? These are there's different levels, but the, this is all essentially part of, right? Just like you know, when it comes to Shabbos and Yamtiv, and we go all out with svarim and we're trying to get into the spirit, right? The same thing applies in the laws of Chesha Mishpat and Amun Ezer, Yeredeah, right? These are all they're not just like you know. Yiddishkeit is Arachayim, and then we have uh, we have to deal with some of the other issues, right? And that's the problem. People began to look at Yiddishkeit, you know, as okay, it's a bunch of uh, ceremony. So first of all, if I go to synagogue, I'm good, right? If you go to shul on Shabbos and you daven every morning, then you're good. You're a good yid. This is what the Torah wants of you. He says no, and then uh, you know, so Yiddishkeit kind of became a, a very misunderstood. And then here we are, on page two sixty eight. If you consider all these various influences, you'll be able to understand how Judaism looked about eighty years ago. So first, he's writing this in the in the early 19, uh, 1800s let's say, 1830s, right? So, you know, in the end, the middle of the, of, the, of, the, uh, of the 18th century, this is how it looked, as well as all the development that followed. At that time, when the yoke of oppression began to be lifted, right? So as long as we were stuck in ghettos, as long as we were, you know, Jews didn't have rights, so it worked, right? We, we, essentially, we were Yidin, right? Allah, so much, you know, we did, we, we made it work. You know, we, we, we didn't really have a choice. But all of a sudden now, you know, we had the emancipation, and the spirit felt freer to stir, right? Also, we have the Enlightenment, etc., French Revolution. There emerged once again a most brilliant and respected personality whose commanding influence has dominated development to this day. Right? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Moses Mendelssohn, right? He's talking about Mendelssohn. Right, so again, it's fascinating. He's like reading the letter, and we'll see it blatantly in the next page. We're like, like Rambam and Mendelssohn, right? This is like the two uh, the bookends of uh, again. The Rambam he says obviously was a uh, saved Tyra with his Mishnah Tyra, but in terms of the Maradavuchim, right? This personality had not derived his freer spiritual growth from Jewish sources. He was chiefly great in the philosophical disciplines of metaphysics and aesthetics. 
right? And he viewed the Bible only philosophically and aesthetically. So again, he wasn't etzem steeped in Torah and Ashkafa. He wasn't learning Rambans and Kuzri. He was an educated Yid. Again, the history of Moses Mendelssohn is fascinating. He was a fascinating person, right? And, and there's an irony that like, you know, you know, there's a famous Shuvah Samarashtam with the Chassam Seifer, right? That he, the Chassam Seifer was by his house and he asked him for a Chumash. He said the only Chumash he has is, is the Chumash of, with the beer, which is Moses Mendelssohn's Chumash. So the Marasham, the only Chumash he had in his house was the beer, right? You know, Agav. Chassam Seifer held his Kfira, right? And the Marasham says it's not Kfira. He's arguing on his Rebbe, on the, on the Chassam Seifer. Okay, right? There's a, there's a, the, 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 the Chassam Seifer wrote in his Sava, Uvesifrei something, Al Tishlechu Yad. Right, so if you look at the uh, if you look at the tzavah, it says v'sifrei chemed, right, which sounds like it means like romance books, chemed. You know, these are like, uh, and uh, but uh, but they've done like stu- X-ray stuff on it. And it looks like originally it said v'sifrei ramad, v'meisha desa. It was in Moses Mendelssohn. Al teshechu yad, v'sifrei ramad, al teshechu yad. It rhymes better. And they've actually done you know like an X-ray on the paper, and it looks like that someone added in a chest to like you know. But Mendelssohn, we look now back at Mendelssohn because we look at what happened. And we're like, oh, reform, right? Mendelssohn was a from Yid. We may even call him Erlich. He was a modern Yid. I don't know you compare it to, you know, I don't want to, you don't have to pick out names or communities now, but he was, a, right, who was cared very much. He was Meissen Nefesh for Klai Yisrael. He defended Klai Yisrael, right? At the end, he had that famous story with the, with the Catholics. They wanted him to, and he was stood firm against, you know, uh, against the Goyim. And he was, you know, he was someone who was absolute, uh, he was a Yid from 100%, right? You would give him an Ali in Shul today, no question. But someone whose philosophy, whose background came not from the Torah, but came from you know from science, from the university. He was the first modern yid. He went to university. He was educated, and that's Esmeir's foundation was. Thus, he did not develop the study of Judaism on the basis of its own premises, but merely apologetically defended it against political stupidity and piestic and Christian challenges. Right? So he defended it against uh, you know, Christians with their Narishkaitin and political stupidity, people coming with their garbage against the Torah. But Be'etzim, his, his understanding of Yiddishkeit wasn't based on the Torah, but it was based, you know, it was, he didn't have that foundation. Personally, a practicing Jew, he showed his brethren in the world that it was possible to be a strictly religious Jew and yet to shine highly respected as a German Plato. Right? You can be a great philosopher and still be a Fermiid. That's what Mendelssohn was. Mendelssohn was the first modern Jew and he was a big deal. It's a big deal in the Welt, right? It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Dover Pashat, right? And you can imagine, like, you know, like uh, you see sometimes like Hasidim, right? And like the end of going to like college, you know, like the Tversky's, uh, you know, like the, right? it's like, a, an, oh, wow, look at the Hasidish, but they're you know, the law professors, right? That's what he was. He was a Yid. There was no such thing as a Yid in college. There was no such thing as a Yid, not in, at least not in Germany, right? And he was, not only he was respected, he, was, he used to have conversations with the non-Jews. He was part of that whole society, right? And it was like a big Chiddush. And he was a from Yid. He from Yid. And he defended, he defended Kleiso, defended the Yidin, time and time again. And they were good done, had tremendous respect for him. He was respected, right? Rabbi Shnei Yolaiman said it once, like he quoted a bunch of like sources from like the Litvish Rabbanim, who had respect for Mendelssohn. Right? You see the Marshtam, the Hungarian, right? and the Germans who kind of saw the effects, they were much more critical of him. Right? Now he has here in a footnote, he says in a very important thing, he says, he says, you know, he says, I'm speaking here only of the overall view of his work for Judaism. He says he has a safer Jerusalem where he develops Hashkafa, which he says is Be'etzem, you know, does one better than the Rambam. Right? In other words, he says that the Ikra of Yiddishkeit is behavior, practical action. Right? But Lamaisa he says that he didn't develop it farther. He kind of has laid it down there as a defense. He didn't develop the idea. And since at the end of the day, he didn't have that Yerushimayim burning, that, you know, that, uh, so that it ends up falling apart. Right? He says, uh, the under, right? he says, um, 
He says, had it developed further and then properly comprehended by his successors, it may have been different. But neither what happened. The understanding of Judaism was not developed further and the successors, uh, his Tamidim at that point, okay, they were much more worded down. That's always how it is, right? The Rebbe himself was a Frumyid. He had that year Shemaim. He had that basic, you know, uh, he had that basic foundation. And so he was able to kind of a little bit, but his Tamidim, like the Gemara says, we got to be very careful. A mayor, a mayor was able to learn from Acher, but someone else, he ended up just taking the other stuff and just uh, and they just completely threw it away. They, they, they completely, you know, didn't have the loyalty to Yiddishkeit and they just went completely off the rails. Again, you know, it's like Mendelssohn is a complicated sugya. You know, you could read the beer. The, Mendelssohn wrote a translation on the Chumash, the beer, right? That's a translation. Then he, he put a team together to write a beer, a peerish on the Chumash. And uh, it's interesting. It's a very, very interesting. The Jewish Observer had an article once. I think it was by uh, Shafrin, I think, where he said the problem with Mendelssohn was that he, uh, they didn't listen to Das Taira. Right? That was the problem. They didn't listen to Das Taira. Because like, the Knight of Yehuda was against writing this peer, on this Chumash in German, Right? And like, and the, a lot of push. You have to recall the article. Just go find it online. You have to recall the article. You know, it's a kaifir, is it this? But the truth is that he's not wrong. Mendelssohn was a from El but he he didn't. You know, he thought he knew better. He was going to be modern. He was going to be able to go into the the, the the belly of the beast and come out unscathed. And maybe he did to an extent. But uh, his successors and those that followed in his camp, you know, they completely uh, right. And like, it's it's well known that uh, his children, all of his children, converted to, to, to Christianity eventually. Right, the famous uh, German composer Mendelssohn was a grandson, was a grandchild of his. Um, you know, and uh, he would have been very upset about it, I imagine. Again, there were plenty from Rabbanim whose kids also converted, right? It wasn't that he came blame, but uh, it was that spirit that was engendered. So this is Mendelssohn, right? And so he says, personally a practicing Jew, he showed his brethren and the world that it was possible to be a strictly religious Jew and yet to shine highly respected as a German Plato. He says, this and yet was decisive. In other words, what they, the Tamidim ended up focusing was focusing on was to be a highly respected German Plato. That's what they focused on. His followers contented themselves with eagerly furthering the study of Tanakh, along with philosophical aesthetic lines, studying the Myra. Right? So they were, they wanted like, because that's like an intellectual thing, right? Studying the Bible and studying philosophy. That was great to them. But at the same time, adding and expanding the studies of humanities. Right? They were focusing on the humanities. The proper study of Judaism through Tanakh and Talmud was neglected. Even the, the zealous study of Tanakh could not lead to an understanding of Judaism for a study not as a source of instruction, conveying values, but as a poetic composition to feed the imagination. They weren't studying Torah Lishma, to learn to study Torah in order to know what to do. What does Hashem want for you? What is your role as a Yid? They were studying Tanakh, you know, for the, this is where Bible criticism starts showing up, you know, in the next generation. Right? And so they were learning the Torah completely un completely disconnected. From, from, from human behavior, from what Torah is supposed to be, right? And they didn't learn Tanakh, they didn't learn Talmud, they didn't learn Gemara. Their study of Judaism was, you know, Jewish studies, right? They started inventing all, uh, you know, the Wissenschaft, whatever, I don't know, all the, I can't pronounce all the words, you know, like the, the Grazes, the, the, the historians, the, the historical perspective of Judaism. Considering that the study of Talmud was neglected and practical Judaism was totally uncomprehended, it was natural but that the earlier interpretation of Judaism, right, that, which for a time had receded into the background, now a complete freehold and was indeed carried to an extreme and threatened to destroy all Judaism, right? So now the old Rambam stuff, the old philosophy version of Yiddishkeit, that Judaism is all about perfecting humanity, perfecting the human mind, perfecting, you know, detached from halacha, detached from the Torah, detached from mitzvahs of the Torah, right? That now became, you know, they needed something to fall back on. If Yiddishkeit isn't about siyas uh, mitzvahs, if Yiddishkeit isn't about doing, keeping the Torah, then what is it about? Okay, you know, it's not getting philosophical, mental, emotional, spiritual, 
Right? If that view of life that considers perception of the truth to be man's cardinal mission should be true, right? And who could venture to doubt it, seeing that Maimonides has declared it to be so? By the way, to this day, the Mar Nebuchim is the is the place where any kaifer, any you know, wants to go to, to blame, right? You know, Rav Aaron learns Mar Nebuchim, he has a say there. And like and, and he learns a lot of the Rambam, right? The, 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 the you know, Rambam Pirsha Mishnayis and stuff. And he always like whenever he cuts across a piece of a Rambam, which is like particularly emotional. He always says, like, you know, all the fr- you know, people that are busy turning the Rambam into, like, this rationalist philosopher. And you read, see, the Rambam was, the Rambam was, the, no, no, you shouldn't read this and, and think that the Rambam wasn't the great, you know, the Rambam. A man full of, dear Shemayim, Abbas Hashem, right, and everything. And he writes, and, and there are plenty of places in, in his writings where it comes out, right? You just have to know where to look. But because his philosophy was so much about Greek, philo- Greek philosophy, the Myra, you know, so it's, it's really about how it was understood more than anything else. And, and that should be very clear. Right? And above all, those views about the demands made by us by the terror should be true. And who could dare to think otherwise? Since Maimonides, the great master of the Talmud, put it into practice, right? And indeed, the many folios of the Talmud contain nothing but nitpicking subtleties, right? right? Well, what's the Gemara? Right? It's all about perfecting the human mind, right? That's what it's all about. Right? And, uh, and so what's the Allah of the Torah? Okay, just was busy there hacking at Chinook about Amigdal Pereches Pa'avir. Who needs that? In effect, practical Judaism is nothing but a meaningless bother. Who could avoid coming to such a conclusion? Right? If this is what they saw in the Ramam, if this is what Mendelssohn, if this is what the Ashkafa, right? Yiddishkeit is all about beautiful Sakin Olam and Malchus Shakai, Tikkun Olam, or perfecting the human mind, right? Okay, so what's the, what, what, what do I do in Nazir, right? There's six people standing next to each other, and a guy walks in and he says, Hareini Nazir, if that's Ruvain, today's daf, right? The Hektish Betois, Bachlaikajamizil, what would you leave me alone, right? We're here about to perfect the mind. Okay, so there's some concepts, you know, some practices that we have to do as a prerequisite. But that's, 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 what, that's what Yiddishkeit is, learning Torah, like, grow up, you know what I mean? Like, this is a, and that's, that's, what, that's the idea that, that, that permeated. If, for instance, he gives an example. The sole intent of the prohibition of labor on Shabbos, what's Shabbos all about, is to enable man to rest and recover from the toil of the week through cessation of physical activity in order to give him scope to the mind as well. Right? And who could indeed uh, doubt that? That's, uh, right? Uh, since both Moses is interpreted thus, right? Moses Ben Maimon, the Rambam, and Moses Mendelssohn, right? Since both Moses is interpreted thus. And moreover, it's the purpose of the Christian Sunday. You take a break from work, go to church, focus on God, focus on, you know, one of the That's what Shabbos is, right? Who then would not consider it mere pettiness and hear splitting to fill an entire folio with investigation about what activities are forbidden on Shabbos? Besach to Shabbos, can you wear this on Shabbos? Can you carry this? How many beans are you allowed to carry on Shabbos? How many weaving in the thing? It's like, what are you doing? It's about rest. Stay up, go home, make a nice meal, go to synagogue, have an organ playing in synagogue, drive to Shul if you have to, obviously, right? Is it not strange indeed to declare the writing of two letters of the alphabet? An intellectual occupation, right? The whole point of Shabbos is to be intellectually engaged. So why can't I write? I can't write, uh, I can't write Torah. I can't write uh, some uh, beautiful poetry, right? You, you, you write two letters on Shabbos, it's a capital sin. You get skila, right? You get skila. While many acts involving great physical extortion, right, are judged leniently, right? In other words, right, that's, I think I said over the story, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, destructive activity, yeah, right. Kilkel is right, the destructive, right? How come you're allowed to do, if it's Makalkal, it's Mutter, right? All the opening packages had to. Why is that Mutter? Right, that's okay, but the writing two letters is not, right? I think I said over the joke, uh, when the guy went to the hospital, right, to, to visit his mother, and she's on the 10th floor, and there's no Shabbos elevator, and so he starts walking up to 10 flights of stairs, and he's walking, and he's, you know, sweating, and he starts huffing and puffing, he's up like the 8th floor, the 9th floor, and he's completely, you know, a mess, and then there's a guy, he starts walking from the 9th floor down, and he passes him in the stairway, he's like, where are you headed? 
says, I'm going to the 10th floor. He says, uh, why do you take the elevator? He says, it's my day of rest. You know, I can't. It's a day of rest, right? And again, so, but if, if, if the Shabbos is a day of rest, then what's the Pshat? Right? Then what's the Tagad Pshat? Why is Makalkal Mutter? Why is Dovish Shane Miskavin? Why is it the Why is the Melachas Machshevus? Why is Dovish Shane Miskavin? Right, the right the the Melachas Shane Shichel Gufa. Why are those things mutter? Right, it's all about resting, right? And you should be able to turn on the lights, be able to drive, right? And then, uh, so the answer is because Hirsch is understanding a very different idea, the symbolism of Melacha. It's creative activity. It's by right. So by by staying away from work. You're declaring, we had this earlier, right? You spoke about this in the midst of Edus. You're declaring that Hashem is the one who created, right? It's not physical labor, it's creative activity, which is the problem. By you, create, by you not creating, you're saying the Rebbe Hashem is the true creator. And we can only work the next six days according to, to His creation. We're, 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 we're players in Hashem's game. That's what Shabbos is all about. So if something is destructive, then okay, then that's not a problem, right? It's only creative activity. Again, we talk about Rebbe on Shabbos, and you could you know, look it up. But that's the, but but according to the Ramam, if you're giving some broad philosophical idea about you know taking a day and you know going to shul on Shabbos is not a deraisa, right? Uh, Sudha Shabbos is not a deraisa, right? So everyone the Shabbos so beautiful family time, it's very beautiful for sure. Rav Hirsch and the place rights. If that's all Shabbos was, that would be great, right? Hundred percent Shabbos as a day of rest for the family and learning and religion is wonderful, right? But Shabbos is so much more. Shabbos is about declaring through your actions that God created the world. Right and the, and the, but if you're looking at a more general philosophical idea of Shabbos, then how does the Sakta Shabbos as a bore? It's like what is going on here? This is such a, it's a reading the laws of Shabbos, Rabbi Ribiyat's full volume. Seriously, like leave me alone. This is this is not restful to be busy concerned with how I'm tying my knot on my shoes. Right? It's but the terror says that Shabbos is not about rest. It's about it's about shvisa from malacha, from creative activity. That's what Shabbos is all about, right? And therefore, we have to know what you know, and then idea of what's creative. Okay, Gemara can still get kvetch sometimes, you know. And unfortunately, as the generations get on, we get more and more kvetch because uh, you know we, we're further away from the source. So you know, we end up having more questions than svekas. But uh, turn to another area. If sacrificial offerings were perhaps meant merely as giving of one's possessions in grateful recognition of the fact that they are divinely granted, right? God gave us gifts, let's give them back to God. That's what a carbon is. And if they were primarily designed with all their very details, merely to constitute a contrast to them prevalent polytheistic sacrificial customs, right? The Ramam says famously, right, the Ramana already goes to town, is that carbonis, because the pagans brought carbonis, so God had to make a way to do it to Hashem, because otherwise the Jews would be busy running to Avaydazara. Right, very famous uh, Ramam, he talks about it in Pasha's Peshalach, right, where uh, you see that Hashem took Chayisol a roundabout way, because if you went the straight way, it would mess them up. So if really, Karbanais are no good. What are you Karbanais for? Waste of time. But if we, Hashem didn't give a mutter way to do Karbanais, then you would end up going to the Zara. That's what the Ramam says. And indeed, it's absurd to fill three or four folios with investigations, right? Seder Kudshim, right? On how they're to be offered, precisely what parts may be used, which persons may officiate, at what times, what type of animal, right? Like, seriously? This is just about, uh, you know, it's all about giving back to God. It's about not being a pagan. So who cares? We're so busy. Zrika Satam, right? This, that, right? It's, what's going on over here? Lashma, Alashma. Then indeed, do you not see all this is but mind deadening priestcraft? Right, Torah is just, and so it makes sense that they're not going to be interested. Who's interested in, in Limit Atayra and Gemara when you could be learning, you know, uh, uh, philosophy and then uh, and Hashgafa? Right, and let's just start the next paragraph. Consequently, but surely, before drawing conclusions, one ought to have asked himself. This is, this is very strong words here. Moshe ben Maimon, Moshe ben Mendel, are they in fact Moshe ben Amram? 
right? So again, very strong words. Again, lumping Mendelssohn and, 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 and the Rambam in the same sentence, but saying, both of them are not Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Surely the inconsistency between these theories and the reality of the mitzvah is the most conclusive proof that these theories are not correct are not founded upon a comprehensive understanding of the mitzvahs as a whole, but are imposed on it from within. You have an idea of what you think religion should be, you have an idea of what you think Judaism should be, and now you're trying to stim your mitzvahs with it, and it's going to be big problems. The Mora's author, what? From without. The Mora's author himself states that in analyzing the meaning of the mitzvahs, he based himself upon the Torah Shebech an approach which he himself would certainly have declared invalid for determining the rules of the mitzvahs, right? You can't read Chumash and get the halacha, right? The Ramah's Mishnah Torah is based on Torah Shabbat Peh, not Torah Shabbat and yet, in the Taimiyah mitzvahs, he's looking at the Torah Shabbat Sav, right? And even though there's a detail of a halacha, like the fact that Mekalkel is, 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 is mutter on Shabbos, when they rise, right? How does that work? Right? If according to his reason, it shouldn't work. Well, why should that be? Why should the be mutter, right? Because you're not looking at it. If you look at the Torah, it says rest. Okay, so it means go to sleep. Right? The fact that the Torah Shabbat Peh says details that seem to contradict it, doesn't matter, right? He himself states that in analyzing the mitzvahs as to their underlying ideas, he disregards their details. Those very details which together give the complete picture of the, of the mitzvah and predominantly are the subject of the Torah Peh, the oral law. Right? The Rambam himself, the Rambam, Mishnah Torah, is all about the details, every detail of Allah. And yet, when he's handling the time of mitzvahs and he's trying to understand the Ashkafa, he ignores it. So that's a big contradiction. Right, how can you, right, it's, a, it's a big contradiction. And he says, so that's why reform came along and that's it. You know, it made no sense. Gemara makes no sense. Learning Torah makes no sense. Mitzvahs don't make you that much sense. Well, we'll may, maybe we'll be from, maybe we won't. We'll find some mitzvahs that we like to do. But that's not what we're busy with. Let's focus on the bigger picture here. Perfecting the human being, perfecting the mind, connection to Hashem, etc., etc. And then, uh, you can imagine, uh, the mitzvahs slowly, slowly fall, you know, this is not important to us. All right, well, uh, next week he'll, uh, he'll offer his path, uh, his path forward.